but Squared Sports Landframe Podcast on those. This podcast, Landframe, we're now in episode number 28. Yes, we're 28 episodes through. This is a big episode. The final four set. There's moves in the NFL draft. And we have our first ever guest on the podcast. We have NFL agent Mike McCartney, represents guys like Kirk Cousins, Ryan Jensen, Philip Lindsay, Josh McGowan, and many others. So stay tuned for this episode number 28. Now, let's start with episode number 28. How we always do with our headlines in the NBA. The trade deadline is gone, and there was a lot of moves made. Victor Oladipo's heading over to the Heat, and Kyle Lowry didn't get traded. Aaron Gordon got traded over to the Nuggets. Nikola Vucevic got traded over to the Bulls. And Fournier got traded over to the Celtics. A lot of moves Magic made. A lot of moves. I like the move they made getting Wendell Carr Jr., getting RJ Hampton, a couple first-round picks. I like those, but then you also give up players like Nikola Vucevic and Fournier. They didn't get anything for him. They got like a, they got Jeff Teague and some other pieces, but I think they already cut Jeff Teague. The Magic guy, you know, they are in the rebuild process, it looks like. That would be a nice backcourt in the future with Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton. That would be an awesome backcourt for the future. So they're basically building on it. They're trying to get a rebuild. They're not like the worst team in the NBA. They're not really a bomb five team in the NBA. This season, so it's going to be interesting to see what draft pick they get. But the Magic, they did make a lot of moves. Kyle Lowry didn't get trade, but the buyout market maybe have been, maybe it was even bigger than the trade deadline market because Andre Drummond signed with the Lakers. What a move that was. Getting a rebounding machine. Dennis Schroeder actually turned down the four-year $84 million extension from the Lakers. But that's besides the point. They get a rim protector. They get a nice guy who can rebound the ball. That's going to compliment Anthony Davis and LeBron well when they come back. It's going to be a good Big three, I guess. You're going to have Dennis Schroeder, a point guard. You're going to have Andre Drummond at center. You're going to have LeBron small forward and AD at power forward. I like the moves the Lakers have made, but the Brooklyn Nets, they put the Lakers to shame with the moves they've made this season. They've gone James Harden. They've gone Blake Griffin. And now they add LaMarcus Aldridge. People are going crazy. Why are the Nets doing all these moves? I love it. I love it. Do you really think Blake Griffin, he's playing well. I like how he's playing well. But do you really think Blake Griffin's going to be Prime, Clippers form. No, so stop freaking out that he's an all-star version of Blake Griffin. This is rotation player, Blake Griffin. This is kind of rotation player on Lamarck Soldiers. Like, good players. Not great players, good players. I like the moves the Nets made, but a lot of stuff happening in the NBA, NBA trade deadline. I'll give my top five teams in the NBA later on this episode. But let's move to the NFL where so many moves happened in the draft. The 49ers move up from 12 all the way to 3, and they're going to get something big. They are. They're going to get maybe Mac Jones, maybe Justin Fields. People are saying they're going to get Mac Jones over Justin Fields, which, oh, uh, what are they thinking? Okay, Mac Jones, I love him. He's a good quarterback. My Probably the fourth best quarterback in this draft class. I'd probably go, uh, it's tough to rank them all top of my head right now. But Justin Fields, he's got to be their guy. Okay, that would work perfectly in the Kyle Shanahan system. They literally skipped, but I don't think they're going to go Justin Fields. They skipped his pro day, Justin Fields' pro day, to go Mac Jones. Come on. Mac Jones, great player, great player. I love him. He's going to succeed in the NFL. He's going to be like a good player, not like a superstar. Maybe like uh, Andy Dalton, Phillip Rivers at best, I'd say. But Mac Jones, I think the 49ers, it was a good move to move up to three. I've always said, stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's your guy, but I guess he's not their guy anymore. He's not. He's injury prone. I get it. They're moving off him. Again, number three pick. They give up a lot to get that pick. Good move by the Dolphins. They went down all the way to 12. Now they're moving up all the way to 6. What, what are the Eagles doing? Okay, Eagles fans, you're going to be so mad. You're thinking, oh, like we're going to take Jalen Waddle at 6. Why don't we trade down and get a lot of picks to get Jalen Waddle at 12? But what if the Giants, your division rivals, get to him at 11? 
that's what you got to think about, Eagles. If I'm an Eagles fan right now, I'm furious at Harry Roseman. I'm furious at Eagles management for trading down from 6 to 12. I am. I don't love that move. A lot of moves happen in the NFL draft. That's about for the headlines. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, top five. Today's top five is top five teams in the NBA. I kind of got a wacky list, but this is my list. I don't, if you, you can comment that my list is terrible, but this is what I think top five teams in the NBA are. Number five, the Sixers. You say they're first in the East. Why do you think they're the fifth best team in the NBA? Because I think they are. Even when Joel Embiid comes back, I don't see this team making the finals. I'm sorry, Sixers fans. I know a couple. I don't see you making the finals. I see you maybe making the Eastern Conference finals, but that might be even a stretch. Okay, you're the fifth best team in the NBA. I don't care that you're the one seed. Do not come at me. They are not, I repeat, are not a top team, top three team in the NBA. They're number five, good team. Maybe can be great. Number five, fifth best team in the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers. Number four, the Los Angeles Clippers. I like this team. I think they're much better than they were last season. Maybe they can make the finals over the Lakers. That'd be interesting to see. So they're the fourth best team in the NBA right now. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I thought they should have gone after Kyle Lowry, but they didn't. It's going to be interesting. I thought they should have gotten a good point guard at the deadline, which they didn't. I thought they maybe should have gone after Lonzo Ball or somebody. They didn't. Fourth best team in the NBA, the Los Angeles Clippers, just because they don't have a... I mean, they got Ray John Rondo, good player, but I, th- I still think that they need a great point guard to lift this team. To compliment Kawhi and Paul George well, I think they're the fourth best team in the NBA. Number three, the Phoenix Suns. You're saying, why are the Phoenix Suns the third best team in the NBA? Why do you have them over the Sixers? Why do you have them over the Clippers? You know why? Because they're the second... Best record in the West. They're two seed in the West right now. They're ahead of Lakers. Lakers fans, you got to realize, the Suns have a better record than you. Jazz fans, you only are three games above the Suns for the one seed. The Suns are very close to the one seed. They're the third best team in the NBA. I love this Suns team. I do. Really, really do. The Suns, third best team in the NBA. They are. Number two, the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm not talking about the Los Angeles Lakers where Dennis Schroeder Cal Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker. I'm not talking about that team. I'm talking about the Lakers team with Dennis Schroeder, LeBron James, Andre Drummond, and Anthony Davis. I'm talking about when they're all healthy, I think it's the second best team in the NBA. Obviously, number one's obvious. You can debate me on that. But second best team in the NBA, in my opinion, the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers fans, come at me. The Nets are better than you. They are number one best team in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets. This is the best team in the NBA. They are. They're not going to lose more than five games for the rest of the season. Bookmark it. When they're all healthy, they're better than all of those Warriors teams. Come at me. They are. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding right now. If all these pieces come back next season, we could potentially see another 70-win team. I'm not joking. I love this Nets team. I do. I think they're going to run the table and win the finals. I do. The best team in the NBA. Bookmark it. The Nets, mark my words, will win the finals this year. They're the best team in the NBA. I don't care what you say. This team is spectacular. Best team in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets. That's about who I think top five teams in the NBA are. Leave your think your top five teams in the NBA are in the comment section. All right, now, the first time on this Squared Sports with Lane Frank podcast, we have a guest. We have NFL agent Mike McCartney, who represents guys like Kirk Cousins. He made him the highest paid quarterback at the time in NFL history. He represents Philip Lindsay. New Texans running back, Josh McCown, Ryan Jensen, who was a huge piece of the Bucks Super Bowl run this year, Joe Tooney, who just sent out the Chiefs, and so many others. Please welcome Mike McCartney, everybody. 
Pride Squared Sports fans, we have a very special guest on today's episode. We have NFL agent Mike McCartney, who represents guys like Kirk Cousins, Josh McCown, Ryan Jensen, who was a huge piece in the Bucs Super Bowl run this year. So we've got Mike McCartney on today's sports podcast, episode number 28. First off, thanks, Mike, for coming on. I know you're a busy gal, free agency and all. Uh, first thing, tell us a little bit about what life is like as an NFL agent. Uh, well, yeah, thank you for having me on, Lane. Life is an agent. Every day is different. And um, there's parts of the year that are uh, slower and parts of the year that are really, you know, busy. I just I came off a couple of weeks that were extremely busy. Uh, the start of free agency, I had about seven free agents and one of them was Joe Tooney. The rest of them were just trying to find good fits. So it was a, a grind uh, for a couple of weeks, just trying to talk to every team in the league and, and see where they, uh, what their thoughts were. And it's funny as an agent, you can do a great contract or sign a great player and you have no time to celebrate because you got six other guys to worry about. <laughs> so free agency has definitely slowed down now. We're three weeks removed and now there's, Guys trickling in signing-wise, and the, the NFL's attention is turning to the draft. And um, so that that's a whole different animal than free agency, for sure. Yep, obviously, Rob Joe Tooney found a perfect home, Kansas City, but his old team, Patriots. Why do you think a team like the Patriots is spending so much this offseason, gang, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Matthew Judon? Why do you think they're going so crazy in free agency this offseason? Well, I think uh, a couple things. I think the salary cap going down to 182.5 million for the the league played a significant role because contracts were going to be suppressed in many cases. I think as we went into free agency, there were going to be maybe 10 or 12 players who would get a normal, you know, big fat contract. Uh, But for the most part, uh, there was going to be players were going to lose some money on some of these deals. And I think the Patriots had a lot of cap space and, and they felt like they could pounce on a market where they didn't have to overpay in many position groups. You know, also when you're coming off a season, when you miss the playoffs, you know, and, and there are holes in your roster, there's a sense of urgency. And I just think Bill Belichick is, he's done this before, maybe not to this extent, you know, and especially not early in free agency, but he through the years has uh, always, you know, been able to be active in free agency and find bargains it just so happened because of the cap this year maybe not so much bargains but he didn't have to overpay uh, a lot of those players like he would in a normal year yeah I mean obviously they brought Cam Newton back which obviously was unexpected I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback situation I mean just last year that wide receiver core wasn't the greatest now they get a great tight end core and Johnny Smith Hunter Henry and I think their plan or I think what they hope they do is go after a quarterback. I know Bill Belichick went to Mac Jones Pro Day today. It didn't look like he loved them that much, but it would just be interesting to see how they play it. Maybe they go after Jimmy Garoppolo again. But, I mean, Patriots, it's been crazy how they've been spending this offseason. Now, next thing. You represent a guy like Philip Lindsay who grew up in Colorado, went to Colorado for college, was an undrafted free agent, went to the Broncos for three seasons, and then this offseason they decided to part ways. What was it like, the process, buying him a new home? And obviously, he's with the Houston Texans now. Well, they have a new general manager, George Payton, uh, a good friend of mine. And and so when George got hired by the Broncos, we had several conversations about uh, what his a restricted free agent tender would be when you're a restricted free agent. It means, A, your contract is expired. You are a free agent, but with restrictions. And, and so the team uh, has to tender a player or offer a one-year deal at a um, 
in an amount that uh, is agreed upon between the league and the players association. So effectively there's three tenders. There's what we call a first round tender, which is a very high number over in the fours for over 4 million a year in a one year deal, a second round tender, which was over 3.3 million a year. And then an original draft tender, which was uh, two, two maybe. So in Phillips case, depending on the tender, if he were to sign with another team, then the Broncos could elect to match that contract or not, and they would get the corresponding draft pick. Well, if it was a second round tender, they would have got a second round pick. Because he was undrafted, they wouldn't have gotten a draft pick for the low tender. So George and I had spoke uh, several times about which tender, and we made it clear to him that you know if the low tender was given, then we were going to uh, look to move on. And of course, that's what Denver did. They alerted us on Monday, the first day of free agency, that they were going to put the low tender on. Had several more conversations throughout the week uh, with George. And finally, um, Thursday morning, he he did say, hey, I think we need to do right by Philip and, and move on and, and resend the tender. Well, the problem was I was we were four days into free agency. And that was uh, he could not resend the tender effectively till four o'clock Eastern when the waiver wire came out. So we really had lost four full days of free agency and some teams who may have been interested Monday or Tuesday were gone. So for Phil, it was really important to want to be wanted and where there was a place that had a plan for him And Houston really separated immediately. We certainly had about four or five teams that called and, and started making offers, but Houston was the most aggressive and just felt like, you know, with a looming 17 game schedule to have a Mark Ingram and a David Johnson in the backfield, you know, two guys that probably complement what Phil brings. Um, that could be a really effective backfield, especially over a 17 game schedule. So a day later on Friday, we, we came to an agreement with Houston and, and Phil uh, is super excited. He can't wear number 30 anymore. He's got to go uh, to number 24. So that'll be a difference uh, for him, but he's definitely excited and, and it's bittersweet. You know, he loves Colorado. He calls himself the Colorado kid. So to leave Colorado for the first time in his life is uh, both exciting and, and, you know, there's anxiousness to it. So, um, but he's, as you probably know, Lane, he is a competitive sucker now and, and uh, the Houston Texans are going to get get a guy with his hair on fire. And that's a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah, I thought they already had their free agent running back Texans. They went after Mark Ingram. That's going to be an awesome running back room to see Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay. I mean, Phillips, he's bounced around. He's had injuries in the couple, in past years, but his rookie year, he was awesome. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl as an undrafted rookie. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see that Texans team this year. I'm excited to see Philip Lindsay on the Texans this year. Me Next too. Year. Yeah. What's been the most interesting deal you think you've had to make in your career? Probably the Kirk Cousins contract. Yeah. Um, you guaranteed know, uh, money. Yeah, there's there's only been one veteran contract fully guaranteed. And, and you know, to have a quarterback go to the market, a starting quarterback is such a rare thing. And so when he was uh, had finished his sixth year in Washington, he had coming off two years where he had, had received the franchise tag, you know, to be able to just talk to different teams and, and get a feel for what kind of fit it would be you know, that process alone was was fun and interesting. But then to parlay all that into a, a three-year fully guaranteed deal, that's certainly the one that's gotten the most attention of the contracts I've done. So Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, 
Kirk Cousins, I was kind of surprised when he like uh, went to the Vikings, but I'm excited. He got congratulations on getting him an extension last year, two years. But I hope they've. I, mean, I think they're gonna have a great season this year. The Vikings with that new receiving core, Justin Jefferson. It's gonna, it's gonna be exciting to see the Vikings this season. Now, obviously, the NFL announced today they're making the 17-game season. It was kind of expected. Some people have came out saying, you know, Alvin Kamara says he hates it. I mean, are you opposed to the new 17-game season? Like, from what you've heard around the league, are you opposed to the 17-game season, the new one, or are you for it? I mean, honestly, it it almost doesn't matter. When we did the new CBA a year ago in March, and the players were the ones that voted for the new CBA, everyone knew at that point a 17th game was coming. Now, on top of all of that, we're coming off a COVID year where the league lost three and a half to $4 billion in 2020, and yet not one player uh, suffered from a, a contract loss in 2020. You know, everybody made the same dollar. So you knew that going forward, the league's got to make up this money, and it was just a foregone conclusion we were going to have a 17th game. Uh, I do think it'll take its toll on players and, um, you know, I think Playoff depth, implications. Yeah. And depth for teams is going to be really important and guys are going to have to be really smart about how they take care of their bodies. And um, so you hope it doesn't take a year off guys' careers. It's going to be fascinating to kind of watch it all unfold and, and hopefully teams will take better care of players during the season as well. You represent Joe Tooney, who obviously played for the Patriots and now he's, on the he's going to the Chiefs now. Was it right away just off the bat? Oh, like, did he just want to go to the Chiefs right away, or was it more just like a process where multiple teams came after him, or was it just right away Chiefs? No, it was a process. Uh, now our process started prior to the start of free agency when we had a lot of conversations, and you know because this year was unique with the salary cap, I knew that not every team probably was going to be aggressive in in trying to sign him. Um, going into free agency, you get a feel for some teams that would be interested. And, you know, uh, you're not allowed to talk dollars or cents or do any kind of negotiating prior to the start. But you you can get a sense, you know, as a veteran agent of which teams could be interested in Joe. So he and I had a lot of conversations. Uh, Mitch Schwartz is a guy I represented in Kansas City the last several years. And I put Joe and him on the phone to, to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs situation. I did that with a few other people as well, you know, so that Joe, I wanted to have a level playing field. I didn't want Joe to think that I was pushing one team or, or another. I wanted it to be organic and where he was excited. I've always said to players, and I said this to Joe, there's two things beyond money that are really important to me. The first is when you get up, when you wake up in the morning, I want you to jump out of bed, excited to go to work, Joe, where you are, you have an old line room. It's got a a great culture, guys that you like playing with, a coach that you like playing for, a team you enjoy playing with, all those things. By the same token, when you leave the building every day, you're excited to go home where you live. And so if you can find those things, the money's going to take care of itself. And, you know, now when free agency started, the Chiefs were the most aggressive. Um, They called right away and they made it really clear that, that Joe was a priority and that they were going to do what it took, whatever it took to get the right contract, and they weren't going to just go on to plan B. And so they sent the right message through me for serious. 
we actually ended up getting the deal done in just under four hours. Yeah, when the Chiefs cut Eric Fisher and Metro Shorts right, right about free agency started, everyone thought they were crazy because they're cutting their offensive line. But then they pick up Joe Tooney, obviously, that which is an awesome pick. I think, yeah. And then they get Kyle Long, get him out of retirement. So the Chiefs, obviously, they're trying to rebuild their offensive line. I, I like the moves they've made this offseason. One last thing, and I'll let you go. What would you say to a kid who wants to be an NFL agent, a sports agent going up? What advice would you give them? Well, I think that um, a couple things. One, to be an NFL agent, uh, you have to get an advanced degree. So know that on the front end that you have to, um, beyond graduating in college, you have to go get a master's or a law degree or something to that effect. I would say, secondly, the NFLPA has a really good website, NFLPA.org. I would familiarize myself with all that the NFLPA has to offer and in the different ways that they are involved in the process. Thirdly, I would really study the game. Being an agent is so much more than contracts. You know, we're, we do have to know the game of football. Uh, we have to have relationships with people at all levels, coaches scouts, general managers, media, you know, doctors, you know, uh, trainers. And so the more you can just study the business, you know, and understand how it all works, the NFL is a, uh, in some ways, a very complicated business. So I think when you're young and you do have a strong interest in being an agent, you know, read up as much as you can. There are certain writers, Albert Breer, Adam Schefter, you know, Tom Pelissero, Mike Garofolo, Ian Rapport, uh, Jason Lacafora. There's certain guys that have their pulse in this league. And I'm sure I just forgot a few that hopefully they're not going to be mad at me. But, you know, I would read everything. Peter King every Monday writes a great article like Albert Breer does. I would just immerse myself in knowing the business of the NFL. It's one thing to know the game, and that's very important, as I said, but also to know the business of the NFL. And, and then, you know, you got to build relationships. You got to find a way to, um, you know, meet the right people so that if you're, uh, if you go out on your own, which is extremely difficult, I don't know if I would recommend that, but you have relationships. But more importantly, if you join an agency, you know, you can build those relationships where they welcome you. And, and that takes time, you know, in order to do that. So it can be a fun and rewarding career if you align yourself with the right players. And if that doesn't mean the guys that make the most money, but the type of people that fit who you are. And that's always been my emphasis. I want really good guys. I want team captains. I want guys that I can bring in around my family. So, you know, those are just some of the things that off the top of my mind. And, you know, if it's you, Lane, good luck, man. Thank you. That's great insight. Thanks. Great advice. Thank you so much for coming on. Mike. You're welcome. It was fun, man. Look forward to talking in the future. Still more to come on episode number 28. Now, let's jump in to our Did You Know. And today's Did You Know is we were here, we're going to be two Texas teams in the Final Four this year, Baylor and Houston. But did you know none of those schools have ever won a national championship? The only Texas school to ever win a basketball national championship is Texas Western. My grandpa wanted me to bring that up. He went to Texas Western. He's very proud. He's happy that Texas Western is the only Texas school to have won a national championship for basketball. Not Baylor. Baylor's never won a national championship basketball. Did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. Now, around the bases. When was the last time we did around the bases? When Spring Trangster, when Trevor Bauer signed with the Dodgers? But opening day is just right around the corner. It's here. 
Baseball is back, everybody! Like it never left. Now, around the bases, my MOB preseason all-war predictions. Let's hop right into it. Who's going to win MVP in the NL? My pick is Mookie Betts on the reigning champions, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think he's going to win MVP. He, you know, last year was an adjustment to Los Angeles. He's good now. He won MVP a couple seasons ago with the Red Sox. He's going to win MVP this season. Mark my words. Mookie Betts is going to win MVP this year. He is. He is. Mookie Betts is my MVP pick. In the AL, who is my MVP pick? Mike Trout. If he stays healthy, he's going to win MVP, all right? I think Jose Abreu won it last year in the AL. But that was because it was 60-game season. Weird things. But this season, it's going to be Mike Trout. We got 462 games, everybody. It's going to be Mike Trout winning MVP. Who's going to win Cy Young in the NL? No, it's going to be my favorite player in baseball, Jacob DeGrom on my New York Mets. I'm excited for the Mets this season. I am. Jacob DeGrom is going to win Cy Young. If he stays healthy, he's going to win Cy Young. He is. There's no doubt in my mind. There is none. Mark my words, Jacob DeGrom won Cy Young this year. He almost won it last year for the third straight time. He won it two previous years. Nothing big. Just two Cy Young awards in two years. Jacob DeGrom, awesome pitcher. The best pitcher in baseball. I don't care if you're a Yankee fan. You say, oh, what about Garrett Cole? No, Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball on my New York Mets. He is going to win NL Cy Young this year. Who is going to win NL Cy Young? I'm going to pick Garrett Cole. I just said Jacob DeGrom's much better than Garrett Cole. But Garrett Cole's still going to have a good season. I just think Jacob DeGrom's going to have a better one. Garrett Cole in that new pitching rotation with Corey Kluber. Bunch of guys. I like Garrett Cole. I do. I just don't think he's better than Jacob DeGrom. I think he's the best pitcher in the AL. And I think he is going to win AL Cy Young. Who's going to win the World Series, everybody? What's my World Series matchup going to be? My last award pick. Now, all my picks so far have been, you know, the favorites, stuff like that. But here's where I switch things up. My World Series pick in the NL is going to be the Dodgers, obvious, because this roster is stacked. They are. It pains me to say as a Mets fan, I think the Mets get to the NLCS. I think they do, but I think they lose in seven games to the Dodgers. I do. It's going to suck. It's going to be terrible. It really is going to. Oh, it pains me. Dodgers are going to make the World Series, but who are they going to play? Here's where I shock a couple of people. The Minnesota Twins. You're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Minnesota Twins? Megan. The World Series? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Minnesota Twins are going to make the World Series. I don't care if you're a Yankees fan. I don't care if you're an Astros fan. I don't care if you're a Rays fan. You have no shot this year. Even last year. I mean, last year, you trade all your pieces. You trade Blake Snyder. You trade other guys. No. The Minnesota Twins, they're going to make the World Series this year. They are. And then that World Series matchup, Dodgers-Twins. The Dodgers taking it home in five games. Give me the Dodgers winning the World Series this year. That's my pick to win the World Series. I think they're reigning champions. Repeat. I do. Dodgers win the World Series this year. But Dodgers just twins is my World Series prediction. Leave your MLB award season predictions in the comment section. Leave a thumbs up on the video if you're excited for MLB to come back opening day. That's about for Around the Bases this week. Now, Houston got into the Final Four on Monday. They did. They're going to play Baylor in the Final Four. And not many people are familiar with Houston basketball team. Probably haven't watched many Houston basketball games this season besides the tournament. They had a very easy path to the Final Four. They had to play all double-digit seeds. The first team to ever do that. So they had the easiest path to make the Final Four. But I want to give you a little insight on what the Houston Cougars, how they play, what their weaknesses are, what their strengths are, a little insight on some of their players. 
I'm going to give that to you. Remember when we did Jalen Hurts rookie spotlight right before his first start? Give some people a little bit of background information on Here's some background information on Houston. They're going to play Baylor in the Final Four. I'm not going to make a pick in that game. Not yet, but Houston. Here's some insight. Houston, Final Four spotlight. They're a great rebounding team. They're probably the best rebounding team in the country. No debate about it. They are. I love them. They, they miss a free throw, and then they get a rebound. They hit a three. That's how good they are. They get so many rebounds. They're not the greatest shooting team, but they, Quinn and Grimes, he's a really good shooter. Uh, Dejon Giroux, they've got great shooters on this team. Really, really good team. Great rebounding. And I, I want to say it again. When I say great rebounding, I mean outstanding rebounding. The best rebounding team in the country. Their point guard, Quinn Grimes, transfer from Kansas, can shoot the lights out. He pretty much hit the dagger, I, I could say. Now, we're going to stay game because we're going to stay tied it up with like a minute left, and then he hit three. To go up three, and then it kind of just got unbalanced out, imbalanced out of there. And then Quinn Grimes, amazing player, amazing player. Dejan Drew's been playing with an injury hit pointer, and he's been playing amazing. They've got toughness, this team. Kelvin Sampson, what team this is. They've got grit, this team. This team's good. I like this team. They are. Toughness, grit, Quinn Grimes, some shooting on the corner a little bit in the wing. This team, good defense. Not the best defensive team, but good defense. Great team, Houston. They are. That's why they're in the Final Four. That's why they are. I picked Illinois to beat Houston in the lead eight on our March Madness special, but Illinois got bounced in the second round. Houston made the Final Four. They did. They're going to play Baylor. And I think Baylor wins that game, but very, very close. I'm going to say 67-63. to 63. Baylor, really, really good team. I think Baylor makes the national championship. I do. But Houston, very, very good team. Don't think that just because they play in a weird conference is why. And they had an easy path to the Final Four that they're not a good team. They are. That's some insight on Houston. Give you some background information on this team led by Kelvin Sampson, Quinn Grabs, Dejan Drew. That's about for Final Four Spotlight this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, the best for last question today. Today's question is, who is your pick to win the national championship? Is it Baylor? Is it Houston? Is it somebody else? Leave that in the comment section. Who is your pick to win the national championship this year? Leave that in the comment section. Thank you for tuning in. That's about it for episode number 28. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sports. Follow DB Podcast, the best podcast producers in the game on Instagram at DB Podcast. And stay tuned for the best sports content in the world.